just very quickly uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 14 and 10. That's our text, very short passage. 1 Corinthians 14 and 10, this is what it reads. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. It says, there, uh, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Let's bow our heads and pray. Mighty God, you've already moved in our midst today. You've already done some tremendous things. We thank you, Lord. Amen for what you're done and what you're doing. Thank you for the revival. And now, Lord, I'm asking for your anointing that I may declare the word as you've given me today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Let's clap our hands and welcome our visitors here today. I see one sister here today that I know one night during the tent. The Lord really blessed her, I know, because she was doing some rejoicing, and it's good to see all of our visitors here um, uh, today. I want to speak to you today, and uh, I, I tell you right up front, uh, I'm not going to cram this thing or rush this thing through. Uh, if, I have to, if I have to finish it, it's not my intention to start a series, but if I have to turn it into one, I will, because this is one of the most important subject matters uh, that a pastor could speak on uh, for people uh, who are desiring to follow the leadership of God in their life. And I'm going to be speaking today on determining the voice of God. Determining the voice of God. Amen. And by God's help, that's what I want to talk about. The passage of Scripture, which I read just a few moments ago and chose for a text, comes from the context where the Apostle Paul was training the Corinthian church on the proper way to use the gift of tongues within the church. After all, there is a right way and a wrong way for tongues to be used. Amen? God's not the author of confusion. Amen? Hallelujah. But the message that I feel impressed to deliver to you this afternoon is not going to be on the tongues part about it, but I'm going to be talking about voices. Uh, I preached a few, uh, a month or so two ago uh, about uh, whose voice is speaking in your life, if you recall that, and this uh, kind of goes along with it. But I want to stress unto you uh, the need to determine the voice of God in your life. If you're a believer, believer, if you are a child of God, you ought to be concerned about hearing God's voice. Hallelujah. There are many voices in the world in which we encounter every day. And as the text states, each voice has signification or each voice is significant to one reason or the other. Now, if your boss man speaks to you, that would be significant. Amen. Uh, you know, so if your boss man speaks to you, uh, it's significant and you need to hear it. Or you might uh, uh, be out on the road looking for somewhere else to work. Amen. If your banker gives you a call or sends you a letter and says that your account is overdrawn, 
I believe you would agree to me that that's significant. You better listen to it. Amen? Uh, but husbands, if your wife speaks to you, uh, it may become a life-threatening situation if you fail to hear it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> the matter at hand, which we're going to discuss today, is the voice of God and how to determine His voice from the myriads of other voices all clamoring for our attention. Amen. There's a lot of voices out there that are clamoring for our attention. You are bombarded by all kind of advertisements as you drive up and down the road. Amen. You can't sit down to eat a meal at supper time after working hard all day without a telemarketer calling right in, right in the middle of your pork shop. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, and everybody, you know, is just trying to get your attention and all kind of voices. Uh, uh, and, but we need to know how to determine His voice from all the rest. The voice of God will be the most important voice that will ever speak to you. And He does speak to you more than you realize. Amen. Your people will say sometimes, I wish God would speak to me. He does. Or at least he tries to. He tries to. Hallelujah. God speaks to all of us more than what we realize. You just many times fail to distinguish his voice from the other voices you are turned in to tuned in to receive. Amen. I, I, I know Sister Darlene will jump up and holler amen and praise God on this, but there's a lot of times she'll start talking to me. Uh, and, I, and my mind is somewhere else or listening somewhere else. Hallelujah. And I just, it, 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 it takes a while to hear what she's saying. And by the time she are you listening to me? And I say, sweetheart, sweetheart, darling, you know you have to get my attention sometimes first. And uh, this, this is a conversation we have a whole lot. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If God tries to talk to you and you are focused in on some other kind of voices, believe me, He knows how to get your attention. It might not be by a way that you particularly care about. But if He has to, He knows how to get your attention. Some of you housewives, you know what them roller pins are all about. They're just not to roll that homemade biscuits. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Praise God. Lord, the voice of God will be the most important voice that will ever speak to you. Uh, simply stated, the voice of God becomes crowded out by other voices we choose to focus in on. Amen. Uh, there can be so many voices in your life and speaking around you that they can overshadow the voice of God. Now, we've got a, they got a little control panel right here, a little monitor thing, uh, and, that, uh, and, and we hear things different up here than what you hear out there. The volume's different and everything else. And uh, there's little buttons and switches up here, and uh, you, can, uh, uh, you may be hearing 
uh, Chris over pounding them drums. He might be just blowing my head off, but I can't hear Paul on the guitar or Sean on the bass or whatever. And if you ever see me up here turning whatever, I'm readjusting things because there's some things I might not be hearing, some things I might be hearing too much of, you know. So I can adjust it over there without things coming out of the mains up here. And we have to do that in our spiritual life and walk to God and walk with God. Sometimes you got to readjust some voices in your life. Hallelujah. Because you're focusing maybe on one voice. Maybe one voice is speaking extraordinarily loud, but here's the voice of God way over here in the back back here. And uh, he his voice is not coming in over everything else that you got tuned into. How many understands what pastor's talking about? Glory to God. All right, let's move on now. The first thing that we're going to talk about in this preaching lesson today, I want you to understand, and I believe I've covered this once before many years ago, but there are three sources of every voice. I've talked about the millions of voices that are in the world. There are millions of different kinds of voices, and all with different kinds of significant in different ways. But every voice, of all the millions of voices which saturate the planet, I can tell you with much certainty that every voice which will ever speak to you will have come from one of three sources. I, as a used car dealer would tell you, I can guarantee it. Hallelujah. Notice I didn't look towards Brother Darrell when I said that. I can guarantee it. Every voice that speaks in your life is going to come from one of three sources. And that's the first thing that we need to always understand in determining the voice of God in our life. And I, my, my younger ministers that are here, please focus in on this. And everybody, there might be some things that you might want to jot down and take note of so you don't forget this. I don't want you to forget some of these things by, by next service. Hallelujah. Every voice comes from one out of to three different sources. I can tell you that with much certainty. Hallelujah. And the first step in distinguishing God's voice is understanding His voice is not the only voice desiring your attention. Amen. The Scriptures give us good example of the three sources of all voices. We're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 16 right now. And we're going to read verses 13 through 17. And it's a well-known passage of Scripture for all Pentecostal people. Uh, it's one that is used down through the years, has been used and, uh, uh, many, many times. But in these scriptures that we have read and we have heard about so long, so well, maybe you have overlooked that in these scriptures they uh, point out the three sources of every voice. Matthew 16, uh, verses 13. 13 through 17, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, 
Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, he jumps up and he answers and said, You are the Christ, or you are the anointed one, the Messiah. That's what that title Christ means. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Notice that. He said flesh and blood. Flesh and blood is not the source of what you just told me. But my Father, who is in heaven, or the Spirit of God, is the source of this understanding that you have. Now let's go down to verse 21 through 23 of the same passage. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside. Now I want you to try to picture this. Here's Jesus teaching. He's talking to his disciples, teaching them. And he's beginning at this point in his ministry and life to finally let them in on why he, he came here in the first place, what his purpose was, what he came to do. But now, here's Peter, that rumbunctious, uh, cussing sailor boy, stands up and pulls Jesus aside. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He had the nerve to try to rebuke Jesus Christ. I, I look at that verse a lot when I, uh, when, uh, when I had people down through the years try to uh, uh, to rebuke me for some kind of word I've been teaching. Hallelujah. I say, hey, you know, if they, if they try to rebuke Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and preach on. I don't care what nobody says. Hallelujah. Anybody's got enough gumption about them to try to pull Jesus to the side and straighten him out. Come on, somebody. Peter took him to the side and he began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This, in other words, Get back, Jack. You done plumb lost your ever-loving mind. But this ain't going to happen to you. Come on now. This shall not happen to you. It ain't going to happen. I refuse to allow it. You know what? There's some men, there's some women, there's some teenagers in this auditorium this afternoon who's told the Lord the same thing. He's tried to speak to you and tell you something, and you refuse to receive it. So don't give Peter such a hard time here. 
He of you, he of all of us, that's without this sin, let them cast the first stone. Come on. Hallelujah. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful. Now, in the original King James, it said, Thou savorest not. Uh, and uh, most people in the days, uh, language and our communication, when you start talking about savoring something, you talk about that grilled T-bone steak. So the New King James Version, you took the word uh, uh, savors out, and it says you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Get behind me, Satan. Here we find another source of voices spoke to us. Now, right here in the same chapter, Jesus commends Simon for not listening to flesh and blood or his carnal thinking, his carnal mind. And he commends him for listening to the Spirit of God but then in just a short period of time in the very same chapter, he's turning right around and looking at the same man and saying, Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because he's done, he's done hit a button over here, Peter has, that says, My Heavenly Father of the Spirit, and he's done hit that off button, and he's turned up the sound of the voice of the devil. I'm giving you a powerful word today. When you read these verses concerning conversations between Christ and Peter, they will reveal to you the three sources of all the voices that are in the world. What are those three voices? It's, there, it's the spirit of man, the spirit of God, and the spirit of Satan. The spirit a man is what Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. That's the spirit of man. That's, that, that's your old fleshly carnal nature. That's your particular expertise and, or train of thought, what you have been taught. That's a source of the voices that speaks to you. Then there's the Spirit of God. He said, it's not, it didn't come from the flesh and blood or the Spirit of man, but it is revealed to you by my Father. We talk in here about the Spirit of God. John 4 and 24 says, God is a what? Hallelujah. So there's your second source, a voice that speaks to you in your life. And then thirdly, You've got the spirit of Satan. Jesus told him in verse 23, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. That's the three sources. What I want you to understand today, without doubt or waver, that there is a spirit of some kind. Look at your neighbor and say some kind. 
There is a spirit of some kind behind every voice. And when I'm talking about a voice, I'm talking about a thought that comes in that, in that skull of yours and mine. Because 90% of God speaking to us or other things speaking to us comes in the form of thoughts. That's why the Word of God says uh, that, that, that we should gird up the loins of our mind, our thinking. Where the devil and the world and your flesh begins to get you away from God is, is by messing up your mind. So I want everybody to understand today, without doubt, without waver, there is a spirit of some kind behind every voice or thought that enters your head. Everything that you think about, everything that crosses your mind, there is some kind of spirit behind it. It's either the spirit of flesh or man, or it's the spirit of God, or it's the spirit of the devil. It's impossible for you to have a thought of any kind without some kind of spirit behind it. Hallelujah. If you have never repented and been born again, the voices you encounter primarily come from your flesh or Satan. Hallelujah. If you're a man or a woman who never have repented of your sins, been baptized in His name like young Philip did a while ago and received the Spirit of God in your life, then primarily... Every thought that comes in your mind will either come from the source of your flesh or Satan. The majority. But I didn't say all because of this. Unless, of course, somebody shares the gospel with you, or it's a preacher, somebody singing a gospel song, or somebody passing a track and handing it to you out on the street, some kind of way you hear the gospel, then even when you're lost, the voice of God will speak in your mind, placing you under conviction. Hallelujah. I can lift my hand and say, thank you, God, for conviction. I thank you, God, that you convicted me of my sins. I thank you, God, that there was a day I was sitting in church as a kid like any normal kid my age. It was in a little block building in South Nashville on a place called Mars Hill. I was more concerned about playing than anybody else. There's a lot of adults that way too, by the way. I wasn't planning nothing a fourth time. My dad preached a message that night, and I couldn't tell you one word. Because I was doing what most seven and eight year old boys would be doing. It didn't bother me. My dad was pastor church. I was there for one purpose, and that's to have fun. Don't know at all what my daddy preached on that night. I was a plan. Passing notes, 
I hate to say this, but I think it was some girl. I, I, I got early involved in all that, my Lord. Everything a normal uh, American boy would have on his mind at that age. But all of a sudden, I mean, you see, I, I, I hear, I've been listening to the voice of fun. I've been listening to the voice of, you know, my friends and uh, listening to the voice of being really in love, <laughs> you know, at that young age. I've been listening to all those voices. But that Sunday night, I didn't hear the voice of my father preaching because I was playing. But he quit preaching. They started singing the hymn. And I remember people was coming down, and there were other people coming down to the altar that night, coming to know the Lord. And all of a sudden, we may not uh, uh, prearranging anything. I I was sitting sitting on a pew, and all of a sudden there was another voice, just like it screamed out to me, and my heart began to pound in my chest. I'd never heard that voice before, but I knew it was the Lord. Nobody had to tell me. I was sitting there, and I seen people kneeling at that altar. I seen my dad walking around praying with different ones. Man, my hands began to get sweaty. The voice got louder and louder. I scooted plumb over to the edge. That voice getting louder and louder. The way that building was, the church was was growing, and my dad had knocked out the wall on that side over there, and by his by himself went out and uh, and 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 blocked up another room and built another room we was using for Sunday school. But the, but there were there were pews in that on that side, and instead of me running. Uh, running, getting up from that point, I done scooted all the way down there. And all of a sudden, I looked around and I got over there and I, and I run over there on that side and I was sitting. I remember this just like it was just last night. And I sat on that pew because it got me a little closer to the altar bench. And that voice, that voice was louder and louder and louder. And I sat there and I couldn't stand it no more. And I got up and I ran down and I fell at that altar. And I began to call out to God. Now, I was only seven years old. There couldn't have been a whole lot of stuff that I had done personally. But you see, I was born a sinner like everybody here. I had Adam's sin in me. And even though I might not never grew up and ever said a cuss word or drunk a beer or done nothing like that, unless you are born again, you're going to die and go to hell. It ain't, it ain't about how good a man or woman you are. Your goodness is not going to get you there. If you make it to heaven, it's going to be by the grace of Jesus Christ. And because of His blood. 
Brother, I poured out my heart and I bawled and snotted and done all the rest until finally there was a breakthrough. And I felt like I felt like a thousand pounds had been lifted up off of me. I began to rejoice, and I, the tears I had cried was tears of happiness and joy. Everybody else done gotten up from the altar, and I was there. About that time, my dad walked by. I remember me. He had on a white shirt and had his sleeves uh, partially rolled up. He looked at me then. That's the first time I guess he noticed me even being up there. He says, what are you doing down here? I says, I've been saved. Hallelujah. And then, man, he began to shout and rejoice. Hallelujah. Like my dad always used to do. Hallelujah. Listen, folks. Unless you have been born again, the only voices that are speaking to you are either voices from your head, your flesh, or voices from the devil. But when you hear somebody giving you the gospel, like I'm preaching right now, there's another voice. It's a voice of conviction to let you know down deep inside that what this preacher's telling you is right, and you need to make yourself ready with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But this fact is also most important to everyone who are saved and filled with the Spirit of God. Now, I explained to you about somebody who's never been born again, somebody who's never repented, given their life to the Lord. But let me also share some other facts with you that are here today who consider yourself a Christian, a child of God, a believer in Jesus Christ, ever, ever how you want to label that. This fact is also most important. The Holy Ghost will not force you, drive you, or twist your arm into anything or into any endeavor. Now, I'm not preaching to lost people. Now, I'm preaching to people who've already made a move. Those of you who claim the Spirit of God in your life. The Holy Ghost will not force you, drive you, or twist your arm into anything or into any endeavor. Listen to this close. This is what God put deep in my spirit early this morning. The voice of God will not drive out the other two voices. Remember I told you there are three sources of every voice. What are those three voices? Spirit of man, spirit of Satan, and spirit of God. Listen to me. The voice of God will not drive out the other two voices in your life, but the other two voices can and will drive out the voice of God in your life. 
you better pack that in your lunch and carry it every day. The Spirit of God will not drive out other voices in your life. But the other two voices, the Spirit of man or the Spirit of the devil, can and they will drive out the voice of God in your life. What are you saying, Brother Samuel? I'm telling you, don't go around thinking that you got it made until you step into the shores of glory. Hello, somebody. Just because, well, I've done this, I've shouted, and I've done this, that don't matter. It don't matter at all. You may have the voice of God, but if you, you can still allow the other sources, the other voices to take precedence in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just because you got the Holy Ghost and the voice of God speaks to you through the Holy Ghost don't necessarily mean you're going to listen. Because there, and I will tell you by saying, ouch, amen, God forgive me, but there have been plenty of times in my life since that night on Mars Hill that I've listened to Sammy rather than God. There have been plenty of times since that night on Mars Hill that I've listened to the devil rather than God. And if you're... Well, be honest, you have to say I'm in the same boat. Don't depend on the, the voice of God to drive out the other voices. He's not going to do it. God wants you to love Him more than you them. Do you hear me, somebody? God wants you to show him, hey, Abraham was the father of faith. He had a relationship with God like all the rest of us could just dream about. Look what kind of test God put Abraham through. He says, I want Abraham I want to try Abraham. I want to test him. I want to see if he if he really if he loves me above all else, God says, I give him that, that, that child, Isaac. I gave him like I, that he waited all of his life. He was an old man. His wife was an old woman. And I, I, I made them wait all of those years. But now he's got that child. He's got that child of promise. But God is beginning to wonder, does he love the promise more than he loves me? Some of us have fell in love with the methods of Pentecost and forgotten about the giver of Pentecost. We love the way we do things. We love to do our little Holy Ghost two-step. Glory to God. There are some people who seem to think if they can just get in there and, and run a little bit and shout a little bit, everything's going to be all right. Well, they do all the running and shouting and all that stuff down at the Titan Stadium. But it ain't going to save and deliver nobody. Hello. Glory to God. So God 
If God made Abraham prove his love, you think he's going to let you slide by? If you believe that, let me sell you some oceanfront property in Arizona right after the service. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can park that yellow bus in a heartbeat and start preaching full time. Hallelujah. Oh, they got to get. Hallelujah. God, so the voice of God is not going to force out the other voices that you allow in your life. But those other voices, you better be careful, can force out the voice of God. Hallelujah. This pastor has never preached a more important word than that to this congregation. Listen to me. I know some of this stuff may be hard to swallow, but listen to pastor. I'm not angry, I'm not mad. I feel the anointing of God all over me. And I love everybody that God's entrusted to me. That's why I have it. Listen to this, Pastor. If you are a fleshly, carnal, minded Christian, one who your pastor has to drag you kicking and screaming every step of the way, then it is obvious the voice of God does not have a place of prominence in your life. I know who receives the word willingly, and so does God. We're not fooling nobody around here. And I don't try to knock nobody in the head with it because I know if you won't listen to the anointed Word of God, you for sure won't listen to me and nobody else. But if you are a fleshly, carnal-minded Christian, and this pastor or any other pastor has to drag you, kicking and screaming every step of the way, then it is obvious, no matter how we try to hide it or put on the show of pretense, the voice of God does not have a place of prominence in our life. When the Word goes forth, if you've been saved by the grace of God, you should be willing, amen, to lift your hand and say, Sign me up! Glory! Where do I sign at? And if that... I will say this and move on. If somebody has to take you a dragon, kicking and screaming every step of the way, you are a self-willed, spiritually childish Christian who becomes choked on every little bit of spiritual meat that this pastor or somebody else tries to give you. Spiritually childish. Paul says, when I was a child, I what? What we talk about, voices that come in and form of thoughts. 
when I was a child. Remember that? I didn't. They don't have that scripture because I, that wasn't there. But the Spirit of God just brought it to me. He said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I acted as a child. Amen. I did everything as a child. But when I become a man, what did he do? Put them all away. There are some people who's been in the church 20 years and still got their, uh, their fleshly toys. So if you're a fleshly, carnal-minded Christian, and listen, don't, 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 a lot of people get by this, but when, when you hear somebody say fleshly and carnal-minded, uh, you'll already, that mind of yours, that, that humanity of you will start thinking, oh, well, I'm not fleshly and carnal because I don't, I don't look at pornography books or get on the Internet or I'm not on this or I'm not on that. I don't curse. I don't drink. I don't do this. Hallelujah. You don't have to do none of that stuff and you still be fleshly and carnal. Because the Spirit of God is trying to draw you to maturity in Christ. And you refuse to go. Hallelujah. So, we become self-willed, spiritually childish. And we choke on every little bit of spiritual meat. Where do you get word for that? I want to. I want to read First Corinthians chapter three, verses one, two, and three. And I'm going to read it in God's words translation. Listen to what Paul told the Corinthian church, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. He's not talking to people in the world. He's not talking to those who never have repented, never have been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, I couldn't talk to you as spiritual people, but as people still influenced by your corrupt nature, the source of one of your voices your flesh and blood, your mind. You are infants in your faith in Christ. Go on with it. Take it on. I gave you milk to drink. I didn't give you solid food because you weren't ready for it. Even now, you aren't ready for it. I don't know about you, but I can, I can see and I can feel some frustration in, in the Apostle Paul right here. He's frustrated with these Corinthian. If you'll study the New Testament at all, you'll know the church at Corinth was one of the most carnally minded, lustful churches that there ever was. He was all time having trouble with Corinth in one way, matter shape, form, or the other. He says, you wasn't ready for it? Back when I first came here all those years ago, even now you ain't ready for it, verse 3, because you're still influenced by your corrupt nature. You're still listening to the voice of your mind. When you are jealous and quarrel among yourselves, aren't you influenced by your corrupt nature and living by human standards? Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Some people think Pastor Pruitt is a hard preacher. Well, I'm going to tell you what. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of in the in, in the divide right here now. Sometimes I think, man, I love I love to be sitting in in a pew of a church and hearing the Apostle Paul minister. Man, that'd be fantastic. But if it was, I wouldn't be on the front row because I know even my toes would get stepped on by him. Hallelujah. The voice of God is illuminating and will turn the spotlight on the voice of man and the voice of Satan so you can distinguish between the three. But the choice of which voice you follow is all yours. I'm not through with this, but I'm going to quit. I don't have the time to get in the other part. By the grace of God, I'm going to carry this on because everybody here needs to determine the voice of God in your life. Amen. By God's grace, we will complete this thing next week. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. I'd like for Sister Anna to come and play something on the keyboard. Uh, I know we have one who wants prayer uh, uh, for their body. Uh, and when we start, uh, she starts uh, playing something, we just get in worship. If there's anybody else who would like to come forward for prayer or for, for your body, for anything, we want to give you opportunity. If there's anybody here who are lost, you haven't been born again, feel free to come and kneel and pray the prayer of repentance. There will be somebody to help you uh, 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 with that prayer. We're not concerned about making you a church member here. We're just concerned about making you a member in heaven. Hallelujah. We want you to go to heaven with us when we go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So right now, as she plays, and I know maybe sings or whatever, amen, would you come?